Hey there, friends. Welcome to another edition of the Inside BS Show. I'm Dave Lorenzo, and today we're talking about one of my favorite topics. You've heard me say a million times that in order to connect with people at an emotional level, you must be able to tell them a great story. Well, we've got the expert for you on that topic today. My guest today is Kyrian Tharakan, and he's the founder of the sales and marketing strategy firm, Strategy Peak, and he's a 27-year veteran of this industry, sales and marketing, of course, and he's consulted with companies in any host of uh, sectors, a number of different sectors. He's the author of the Amazon bestseller, Seven Essential Stories Charismatic Leaders Tell, and this details how anyone can move people and mountains with the power of the story. And one of the things that really grabbed me about Kyrian when we were looking at having him on the show is he can teach anybody to be more charismatic, compelling, and persuasive through this simple framework that he outlines in the book. So if you're interested in the book, the book is, there's a link to it right in the show notes, but let's get the man himself to tell us exactly how to do that. Please welcome Kyrian Tharakan to the Inside BS Show. All right, Kieran, welcome aboard. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Dave. It's, uh, it's a treat to be on. All right. So, seven essential stories. First of all, I need to know what uh, what gave you the idea for this. It's a it's a brilliant. Um, I think it's a brilliant way to connect with people. What gave you the idea for these types of stories, and how did you come up with seven? Why seven and not five or ten? Well, seven is a is a psychological constant, right? You know, most people can remember seven things in their memory stack, plus or minus two. Uh, so seven is, a, is one of these cultural constant numbers. I got that from an old cultural anthropology class. But um, why I wanted to talk about storytelling is I've been in the coaching business for new entrepreneurs, uh, sales and marketing coaching for, for many, many years. And most of the entrepreneurs are great scientists, engineers, you know, pro- uh, subject matter experts of various kinds, very poor salespeople. And in order to move anything forward, you have to be able to sell your ideas. Well, the idea of going and getting them in a sales program, tactics, strategies, you know, that went over their heads most of the time. But they could all remember this idea of, you know what, tell a great story. Tell a story with your customer as its hero and how your products and services will transform them from where they are today to where they want to be. And everybody got their head around that. And when I looked at the way I sold the best in my life, it was about the power of storytelling. So I encapsulated this in the seven stories that every great organizational leader has to tell. Okay, so make me more charismatic, Kyrian. My my wife tells me that I'm just charismatic enough, but I think she's just saying that to make me feel good. So story number one, it's got to be how we got here, right? That's got to be the origin story. So tell us about story number one. Well, story, you are absolutely correct. It's the creation origin story. And so, you know, in every organization's history, any individual history, we have this moment of transformation where we realized this is not where we wanted to be or we were compelled to do something. It was an inciting incident of some kind. And that creation origin story is, you know, when people understand why you did it, why you created the business, why you left the company you were at, why you invented something, then they're much more intrigued as to everything else that you do. When It gives them comfort. It gives them certainty to understand that creation and origin story. 
Okay, that's that's fantastic. What elements need to be in that origin story in order for it to stick, in order for it to resonate with people? The primary thing is motive. What is the motive for, for doing this? And, you know, hopefully the motive is I wanted to make a lot of money. And if you take a look at the people that really put the dents in the universe, and that's a Steve Jobs story, you know, they're not motivated by money. They're motivated in making things happen, happen moving people and mountains. And, you know, that's what makes them uh, stay awake at night. It's not about whether there's going to be a couple of bucks in their, in their uh, bank accounts. Uh, Elon Musk couch surf for a good chunk of his of his early career right and uh, while he was building uh the paypals and the teslas of the world and it is about this driving motive i can tell you a story from the book uh in 1888 uh alfred nobel was very surprised to uh, read of his obituary in the paper and what the, uh, what the obituary editors had uh, mistaken was his brother Ludwig had actually died, right? Not, not, not Alfred. And he was very, very distraught about this obituary. And the obituary basically called him the merchant of death. Mm. And he had invented all of these armaments and dynamite, and he invented all these ways to kill people. And that was a very trying moment for him. And that was the genesis of this idea of the Nobel Prizes. And one of the biggest prizes is that of peace. You know, so the Nobel Prize for peace. And, but that all started with reading his own obituary, which was not really his obituary, but he didn't want to be remembered that way. Interesting. Really interesting. Okay. Story number two. What's the, what's the second one? I, our identity, beliefs, and values. Mm, okay. So this is all, all about who we are who we are as people, what do we truly believe in, and what drives us, you know, how do we measure our success? And that's the values part of it. And culture ultimately is about this idea of how we are different on these three uh, levels, identity, beliefs, and values. So if I'm, if I'm understanding this right, so you, you have a story that demonstrates your, your beliefs and your values. So, hey, let me tell you about one of the things that happened to me last week, and the story demonstrates something that you were doing that, dem- that, that shows those exactly values. Exactly right. Exactly right. You know, I think there's an old FedEx story, for example, of some guy, you know, recognizing that the parcel, an important parcel, all, par- all parcels are important. But this parcel wasn't going to make it, but he actually chartered a helicopter to get the parcel uh, to the place on time. Because, you know, what is one of the highest values and the motto is absolutely positively overnight. Mm-hmm. And so he went well above and I don't think they made money on that parcel. No, they probably they that. probably didn't. But the but the story, the story has served them well all these years later. Right. I love it. Exactly. OK. All right. So what is what's the most powerful story category for persuasion? So we want to win somebody over. What's the most powerful story for for persuading someone? So I actually got a, an email, uh, a text uh, message through LinkedIn the other day from somebody who just bought the book and loved the book. He's fairly new in his organization. And he said, what is the most powerful story that you can tell? And mm. this is a young fellow. And it's got to be story number five, which is all about the mighty wins. And the mighty wins are, detail all the macro trends that are affecting your industry and your markets and the client's industry and their markets. And macro trends, you know, they're typically, you know, societal, technological, economic, environmental, political, and legislative. Those are the six big macro trends. Now, here's the great thing about macro trends. They don't care whether you win or lose 
when they are uh, blowing away, right? And all businesses are really sail ships. And so these winds can either power forth your uh, ship or power it down and capsize it or refuse to power it at all. And so you're really dependent on being aligned with these macro trends. And I'll give you a clear example. In 1969, the internet was a science experiment by the Defense uh, Department, right, DARPA. But by the 1980s, 1990s, you know, uh, late, early 1990s, you had hypertext transfer protocol, and you had this ability now to create multi-billion, billion, $100 billion fortunes in the way of companies like eBay and Netflix and Facebook which were only twinkles in who knows whose eyes mm. back in the 1970s. Probably no one's eyes at that point in time. But there's an example of the, what is it, the macro trend, and that's a technological macro trend, that not only powers forth the ship sales of these big blockbuster companies now, but is absolutely destroying the small town newspaper. Mm, absolutely. You know, and so it creates destruction and opportunity in its wake. And when you become the master of these uh, macro trend topics, the mighty winds topics, your authority will automatically rise and you become persuasive in the process. So no one wants to hear all about, you know, how great an accountant you are and how great a lawyer you are. You know, you're, you're on the face of it. You look like every other lawyer or accountant. But when you couple, couple it with a macro trend, like, you know, a demographic mark, macro trend, and this whole idea that this next generation of millennials is coming forward and the succession plans of your organization are not ready for their values, now you got my attention. Mm. Now, I might still be buying legal services from you or accounting services, but now they're all geared to me preparing for some inevitability that if I don't prepare for it, it's going to swallow me whole. All right, so uh, I love I love your examples, and they're they're very uh, they're succinct and they're powerful. How do I get myself to create these narratives that actually you know reach out and grab somebody, but still are tight? They're succinct. Is there a structure? Is there a way to compose a story? For, for business purposes, I mean, look, it's different. If, if we're sitting around in the backyard at a barbecue having a beer, you can take as much time as you want. In fact, the longer you take, the better, because we're just passing time anyway. But in a business environment, we got to get to it quick, right? So how do I make this compelling yet succinct? Well, the compelling is succinct part. There's, there's a million different books on how to create short stories and you know, compelling an anecdotes and things like that. What I found, though, is that there weren't any real books on, uh, or methods on the stories that you want to tell, the kind of stories you tell. But the real simplest way to do this is to focus on anecdotes. Anecdotes. And I'll give you a simple one you know, from uh, the days of Emory Worldwide. And Emory Worldwide had a really tough time, and they pioneered containerized shipment. But they couldn't get their people to fill the shipping containers to, to full. You know, and I think the number was, you know, on an audit, uh, like most of these shipping containers were 40% full, which means they're losing money on that 40%. And so, I'm sorry, they're losing money overall. And so they tried everything, incentives, penalties, talking to their people, all this kind of thing. One of the most powerful things that actually worked was putting a line in the container saying, fill to here. Something so simple as that. Very, very easy. And very easy. Real, yeah. real simple thing, right? A fill to here. And so the anecdote is make it visible. Mm. Fill to here. And when I tell that, you know, and I've got a couple of companies I'm involved with, and everybody, sometimes they confuse Emory with FedEx, 
But they, you know, everybody says, oh, the FedEx. And everybody knows that. And they know what that means is make the goal line visible. Okay, great. All right, let's talk about the the most compelling story you can tell if you want to open the door, right? Because in, in sales, we got we have two things we want to we want to open the door and then we want to close the deal, right? What's your what's your go to? What's the what's the Kyrian go to for the, the just the the brand new starting of the relationship? I mean, we covered the origin story already, but how do you get me interested in the first place? Well, I think it goes back to story five again. You know, that story five is the most intriguing. So, you know, people want to know creation and origin, not necessarily at the beginning. They want to end, know it as part of the checklist of items, whether the values and things like that line up. Our identity, beliefs, and values would be the same kind of thing. But the creation, I'm sorry, the mighty win story, when you're talking about something that is going to happen with or without you, whether you pay attention or not, then it is going to create attention. That's just what happens. The best kind of persuasion is the persuasion that has nothing to do with what I can do for you, but it has to do with something that you need to be prepared for. Uh, the example that I use is in the cruise line industry. Here's a cruise line industry, and it may be something as simple as these are the last few days for the tourist tax incentives to the cruises in Jamaica to expire. After that, it's going to go up by 30%. So it has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with the cruise line. Now it's the Jamaican government, and I'm making that up, right? Right, And so when you point to those kinds of things, you know, now you've got my attention again, right? And so it's not an arbitrary thing. It is something in the environment that is going to affect you. Here's how you prepare for it. Here's how you take advantage of it. Here's how you defend against it. Okay. All right, great. So you're you're doing a pitch. You're doing a presentation. And you've got maybe 45 minutes and you're in front of a committee. Let's say it's a beauty contest where you're, you're up against, you know, three other, two, two other competitors. It's you and two other competitors. And you want to prepare to make your case, to make it as compelling as possible. Now, I've taught for years that every point you make, there should be some way to have an emotional hook. And what better emotional hook than a story, right? So you've got 45 minutes, Curian. Structure it for us where you put what story during that 45-minute pitch. And, you know, it's got to be the presentation of your life because your boss is counting on you winning this deal. Sure. Let me, let me do it in the way of a five-circle model that I give to our clients. And okay, The five-circle model is that the – and they're all – it's a classic marketing Venn diagram. Circle, 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 all connect in the middle. The intersection point, that's the sweet spot. Circle one is all about the customer's pain. It's all about the customer's pain. Even the pain that they don't know that they have. So they understand they have certain things, but there may be hidden pains that they're not even aware of. Story five, again, goes to hidden pains they may not be aware of. But we also want to address the active pains that uh, they are currently struggling with. And pain and gain are two of the things. So pain, gain, right? Get them out of pain, get to some kind of uh, gain. Story, uh, circle two. Circle two is all about the big idea. So this story is all about, you know, this is how we solve that pain. Here are the key messages along that uh, process that we are going to deliver, get you out of. You know, this is what you are going to take away as a value proposition. That's another part of it, right? So now we have the value proposition that are going to deliver you out of pain and into gain. And there's all sorts of stories that you can mold around that. But remember story one again, that circle one is all about, I have a deep understanding of your situation right now. So that's what creates the empathy. 
That's what creates the empathy, and they know you get it. So we're not talking about engineering products or anything. We're talking about the customer's pain. Circle two, we're going to get the big idea, and we're going to create that transformation story around it. What is that transformation story? Circle three. Circle three is all about the product stack. And the product stack is, this is how we're going to do it. Here's how you can nibble on that product stack. Here's a little bit more of a meal, and here's the full meal deal. So it might be the try. So in your situation, Dave, you know, right now this podcast is a very simple way for your audience to get to know you and what you're all about, and, you know, and, and they get to, to witness you as a personality instead of just a resume online. And so this might be a little nibble into the Dave Lorenzo world, but, but then you have additional products that build on that stack. From the product stack, we go back to uh, uh, product stack. We go now to bridges. So what are the bridges, right? And the bridges now are your connection back into the main audience again, the customer. And the bridges are all about, you know, do we choose Twitter? Do we choose Facebook? Do we go door to door? Is it telemarketing? And we are trying to now communicate all of that together into one place. So all these uh, circles now fit together and we finally have some kind of a sweet spot in the middle. And each one of those things can be a story unto itself. Oh, no, no, no. We would never use Twitter for this particular campaign. Now I've got your attention. Why is that? And so you would detail that. But Facebook is going to be perfect if we concentrate on these groupings. And there's a story around that. And each of those circles now builds on the concept of going out and saying, this is what we can do for you. And these are all the reasons and nuances of why it'll work. Okay, that was great. Thank you. That's that's perfect. I appreciate you doing that. Let's talk a little bit about how the the hero of the story, who needs to be the hero of the story? Should the hero of the story be your client or should the hero of the story be you or should the hero of the story be some third party? And does it really depend on the situation? And how do you, how do you figure that out? The hero of the story is always your client. Every single time it's a client. And there's too many times where you're out there talking all about yourself but really, you have to talk about the client's pain, the customer's pain, and their desire for gain. And once you understand that part of it, you can then align your value propositions in your product stack into a story that shows them what the transformation is. So my most basic thing that I tell everybody is that the very first thing that anyone ever buys from you is your story. If they don't buy your story, they won't buy anything else. You know, that's just what it is. You haven't proven relevance. You haven't proven uh, functional, functional relevance, emotional significance, nothing. And so the story is the very first thing you sell. If they bind your story, they're going to be all ears about, tell me more. You know, tell me how we're going to do this. Right? What makes you different? Uh, and then all the other little things about how much it costs and, you know, all that kind of Those are simple stuff, though, right? But when you prove yourself to be super high relevance, super high emotional significance through that story framing, so this idea of getting them out of pain, getting them to gain, then it is a pretty straightforward process to get them into the sales sales mode. Okay, Kieran, you got me. I'm, I'm sold on this for, uh, for big ticket uh, consulting. I'm sold on it for long sales cycle products or services. I think it works really well for that. 
let's talk to the guy who's out there now or the gal who's out there now and they might be in B2B or they might be in B2C and they're going door to door with a um, not not necessarily a big ticket product, maybe a consumer product. And the, you know, the advantage is not necessarily easily visible. You know, they have to really get in there and help people see that the advantage might be the experience of working with the company. But they're they're kicking in doors every day. How do I, you know, how do I use this methodology if I'm more of a, a you know, an ad hoc or a one-off type salesperson? So this methodology, the seven-story uh, fra- seven framework, it has to be used as an overall arching, overarching uh, principle. Uh, what we're talking about, that question you just posed me, is about runway length. And so a Boeing 747, first came out in 1969, needs a minimum of about two miles. You know, that's an optimal uh, runway length to get off the ground. Sometimes they can do it in as little as a mile. Sometimes. I know it can't be done in 300 feet, though. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's really dangerous to do it in 300 feet. Yet salespeople try to do this every day. They try and get that 747 up in a 10-minute phone call or a 30-minute pitch. And there is no preamble. There's no priming to getting the prospect to understand all the most basic things that they have to understand to be emotionally intrigued, emotionally, uh, sorry, uh, to be mentally intrigued, emotionally involved, right? And so we want to extend that prior runway as much as possible. And what I've been encouraging our clients to do is to use as many of these little snippets as possible, whether it be uh, blogging. And blogging's got a bad rap, but not if it's done the right way. Not mm. if it's done the right way. Uh, small snippets on YouTube. Uh, any way you, anywhere you can actually get the story across in a way that people have that intrigue build up before they come into that meeting. They should be pre-sold before that meeting. So before you lay out the full seven stories, they should have snips of all of those seven stories and then have a pre-sold mindset before entering that meeting. And really at that point in time, it's all about checklists, checkboxes about how do I get, uh, is this really what I think it is? Uh, How do I get it uh, into place? What will it do for me beyond what I know? Am I missing anything? And those are the kinds of things you should be doing the actual pitch itself. Pitching, a pitch, pitch meeting by itself, sales is a very small part of it. The sales should be as much as possible in the priming section. So you need to, the first thing you need to do, what you should be selling people on is lengthening the amount of time that they're going to invest in you. So you have to sell them on the concept that you're, you're there for their benefit. You're not, you know, you're not trying to shove a product down their throat. You're trying to go in to help connect with them and understand what their issues are so that you can help them resolve their problem and, you know, achieve a goal. Okay. Um, Help us with, uh, help us with this methodology with, with our personal life now. So we're in the, we're in the the teeth of a pandemic, but there's hope, right? Uh, The hope is on the horizon. The pandemics, you know, it's going to come to an end in the, we're closer to the end than we are to the beginning is the best way to say this. So if you're, if you're listening to this three years from now, congratulations, you survived. Um, But when we get through the pandemic, my prediction, and I've, I've said it here on the show a number of times, is that there's going to be a lot of pent-up demand and people are going to get together and there's going to be a lot of both social and business gatherings. And we're, we're going to welcome that. You can, you can just, it's palpable. You can feel it now. 
So help me with my social awkwardness, Kyrian. How do I what do, how do I use this at a at a cocktail party that my you know one of these places that my wife is always dragging me to? Um, how can I spin a good yarn at a cocktail party and be more compelling? What what story can I use to connect with people when I'm in a social setting? Sure. Okay, so, and, and I think you nailed it bang on. What story, not stories, can right, I use, right. right? And it's a story category. So don't, don't bore people with all seven stories in a single, you know, 90-minute telling. Here's no, my you. mighty wind story. Stand back, <laughs> folks. It's coming now. Well, you know, I've had, I have had um, uh, a lot of luck recently telling about tales of survival. Tales of survival and tales of thrival. Mm. Survival and thrival. And uh, what I, you know, and people are always fascinated to hear this story about, you know, you know, COVID was okay or COVID wasn't okay, but this is how I made it okay. <laughs> or COVID was really bad, but you know what? Maybe I shouldn't have been doing all that stuff anyway. So I'm actually, this is a period of renewal. So this idea of what you took with the situation and what meaning that you've derived from it and how you're going to use that to engineer a compelling future. People are very intrigued with that. And, you know, there's been a lot of suffering that has happened in the last year. I think it's almost a year now, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah a lot of suffering. And, uh, you know, suffering likes company. But they don't want to wallow in your misery. What they want to do is to, to look for, you know, those threads of hope, threads of constructive, you know, uh, uh, moving forward, those kind of things. And especially if you can tell them stories about your clients and such, what they're doing, people are really intrigued with those kinds of things, right? And, and I, I know they're intrigued because they're, they're hanging on my, on my word. On my every word, which is not always true. Yeah. <laughs> but in this case, you know, when I'm talking about myself, no one hangs on my word. When I'm talking about these stories that are environmental, you know, people are very, very interested in that kind of thing. No, that's great. Um, Kirian, what research do we need to do ahead of time uh, before? Because, you, you know, you, could, you can have your bag packed full of stories. And, and uh, you know, one of the things that I do, and maybe you do this too because you, you speak quite a bit, I have a whole catalog. I have a, a, a Google Drive folder full of the different stories that I use during presentations. And I take notes on, on you know, when it works. And, hey, listen, not everything we do works. I make notes on what, you know, what doesn't work. How can what what research do we need to do before we tell some of these stories? Is there any groundwork or or things we need to do in the background to make sure that we're that we're telling the right story to the right audience? Now, are we talking about the seven stories that uh, your 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 model? So, what research do we okay. need to do, like pre sales call or pre presentation? What what's uh, I, I didn't mean to bounce around there, but what what research, what background do we need to understand before we walk into an environment and, and tell a story? Okay, so if I'm going into a vertical market of any kind, I need to know that vertical cold. I need to understand what are the major issues, motives, pain points, gain points. What is affecting the business model of my prospect? So it's not about my photocopier mm-hmm. or my new software. I really want to understand how my uh, prospective client's business model is being impacted. And so those are pain points, gain points. And so the research is primarily based around that, first of all. Then I want to understand, you know, and everybody has a future state of some kind that they want to get to, right? And the future state is rarely about making more money. You know, money is a outcome of doing other things right. 
And so typically we go back to story five again is those, you know, those uh, macro trends, the primary six, six primary macro trends. And we're trying to see how that affects each one. Now I position my products and services as the magic tool set to help them transform themselves from point A to the transformative state point B. And so really in that business, I'm trying to really get across this idea that I am going to be that, that um, mentor. Uh, and not everybody wants a mentor right off the bat, right? But they don't know that yet. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to be this grantor of the magic incantation, the amulet, the sword that'll help them battle through these inevitable changes that are coming. And we'll get to them to that future desired state. So anything that researches, any kind of research that helps me with those kind of things are bang on. All right. So the title of the book is The Seven Essential Stories Charismatic Leaders Tell. Um, Kieran, where can we find where can we find the book? Where's the best place to get the book? Well, if you go to Amazon.com and uh, look at uh, Seven Essential Stories, it'll pop up right away. Uh, and uh, you can certainly find it there. But I'll tell you what, uh, for your audience, uh, Dave, uh, the first uh, uh, five people that email me at Kirian at strategypeak.com, I think you'll put that in the sh- show notes, I will send them a Kindle version of my book for free. And uh, yeah, I, I think yeah, most people will find that the tool set that's in there is going to be very helpful to their storytelling. Oh, that's wonderful. All right, folks. So if you want a copy of Kirian's book for free, the first five people to email him, and we'll put his email in the show notes. It's uh, it's Kirian at Strategy Peak. Is that right? Strategypeak.com. Kirian at Strategypeak.com. The first five of you to send an email to Kirian, you'll get a copy of his Kindle version of his book for free, The Seven Essential Stories Charismatic Leaders Tell. If you like the paperback, if you want an actual book that you can take uh, to the beach, hey, summer's coming up. It's only a couple of months away. You can get the paperback. We'll put the link to that from Amazon in the show notes. Kirian, thanks for being with us today. It was really, really valuable time that we spent together. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate you you having me on all right folks so email kirian the first five of you that email kirian will get a copy of his book for free uh everybody else go to amazon and pick up a copy of the book the seven essential stories charismatic leaders tell this is the inside bs show my name is dave lorenzo and i'm here every single day we come to you with a brand new interview that takes you inside business strategy shares the insider business secrets and cuts through all the inside bs that may be holding you back until tomorrow here's hoping you Make a great living and live a great life.